Welcome back to the Adventure Geeks Podcast. This is Eric. This is Ian. And Ray. We are back with a double feature episode. Um, right after Terrificon, we decided to do the one of the greatest back-to-back movie mar- marathons you could ask for. We ended up watching Infinity War back-to-back with mm-hmm. Endgame. So we're going to talk about which one we liked better or what aspects of both we liked. And then we're going to get into what we think is going to happen with the MCU and what we want to want to happen in the MCU. And then we will dive into a, a local hike that will fit decently well with this. So I think after, so we went to, obviously if you guys listen to the previous podcast, yeah, previous broadcast, we went to a Jim Starlin panel Mm -hmm. about the life and deaths of Thanos. And that just really, goaded me even more into wanting to watch Infinity War. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What a guy, Thanos. Yeah, it was just like... (laughs) Hey, I uh, rooted for him. (laughs) Talking to Starlin just really made me want to watch him even more, so really glad that we went through and did that. So, yeah, we'll we'll start off with Infinity War, what we liked. Um, There's not much I disliked about both of these movies, so my negative is going to be very, very low on this. Um, I think in general, though, if we're going to break it down real quick with which we liked better as a comic book movie. I have to say I liked infinity war better because infinity war, if you ever read a crossover comic, mm-hmm. it's perfectly done and exemplified in infinity war because you always have those different teams across the universe conjoining eventually to fight the one villain. However, if we look at Endgame as a movie in general, it's a lot better than infinity war. I think if any superhero movie were to win Best Picture, it might have to be Endgame because it's a lot more than a superhero movie. Spider-Verse already won. <laughs> best Picture, though? It's animated. Oh, did it win Best Animated? It, yeah, it best, best Animated. Picture. No, Best Picture was like, <clears throat> was it Green Room was the one that won it last Oscar? I just knew it. It's the Oscars, right? Yeah. I just knew that uh, Viggo Mortensen was the star in that one of the stars in oh, that one. Oh, was that the one where he's... Uh, uh, the old man or something. Yeah, it, it has it had to do with racism it was and Morgan Freeman, right? Yeah, no, I don't no. think it was Morgan Freeman. It was somebody else. I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but in general, I thought overall, and Endgame was a better movie. But as far as comic book movie, I thought Infinity War was better. Well, so it's like Starlin said in the panel when you are doing an event book. You know, everyone wants to get their characters in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And that's exactly what Infinity Everyone War was, was mm-hmm. excited to finally get, you know, uh, Iron Man and Tony Stark meeting and um, the Guardians. Oh, Guardians and Thor was Guardians like. And Thor and. That was my favorite aspect. But it's aspect. just like Starlin said in the panel, like, it, that's what helped boost the sales. Right, exactly. Doing a crossover comic. Um. I lost my chance. <laughs> I just I, the in seeing Thanos for the first time really in the beginning and whooping Hulk's ass was that was a good that was a good opener. 
and it it should, it, w- it should wake the audience up to like, okay, he, he got to. He's seriously. the real deal. Yeah. Like we've been waiting this long for him, and yeah, he's finally making a staple of what he is. And then like all of the character interactions were very well done, whether it was the guardians with Thor or even the guardians with Dr. Strange, Iron Man and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Wakanda, that whole thing with um, black Panther me and Captain. Bucky and captain and, and all those guys was, was really well done. And um, I thought it was a little, I, I mean, I, I get that it was more fast-paced and it was very choppy because that's what a crossover event is. It's hopping back and forth between the teams. Do you feel it was a little rushed in some parts? I don't want to say rush. I think it was just very fast-paced. And that's what I would have expected from from what they were going for. Hmm. Yeah. I would have liked to make... The one thing I will say that I wish I saw, and this is going to go to what we expect in the MCU in the future, because there were rumors about this, was I would have liked to have seen the decimation of Xandar to get the Power Stone, because you start the movie, and he's already got the Power Stone. So like a tying comic? I heard heard rumors of when they're going to bring that into play, but I'm not going to say that until we talk about the future of the MCU, because it is quite interesting as to what they're going for with it. Um, but yeah, I, and I think outside of horror movies, really, it was the first time I've ha- I had ever seen the villain win. I did not expect to walk out of that theater with Thanos winning at the end of it. I thought as soon as Thor threw the ax, it was all over. I was like, well, I guess Thanos was only around for one movie. And I, I was actually pleased to see that he had won. And the whole motivations that Thanos had in that movie was was um, you could you could actually vote for him, root for him a little bit because his reasonings were kind of justified. Can we though? Can we really? I mean, there are a lot of people that say like you know he could have used the reality stone to make more resources, but if you're really paying attention in the movie, everything he created with the reality stone wasn't real. Like you go to when they were in nowhere, and he uses the the reality stone slice up uh, dragon. Yeah, to yeah, just... it it doesn't stay permanent. As soon as he leaves the area, everything turns back to normal. So that whole reasoning of oh, he could have just made more resources. It's not really uh, what's the word. It's not really accurate, really. And that that's just my two cents on hmm. the on the matter. I mean, yeah, I'm not condoning mass homicide or mass. I hope not, Eric. <laughs> but Good if Lord. you're talking about like the issues with resources and, and overpopulation, it's I mean, as morbid as it sounds, it is kind of a solution. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's what I mean. That's pretty much what we discussed on Sunday when we were talking about the movie. <clears throat> I think after the first one, you and uh, me and Ian and Matt were talking about it. Yeah. It's and, and like know, the genocide. So. I, I know, but like if you look at today's word. world and how like overpopulation is really, really is a problem. The only other solution you could make and we're not there yet is by trying to colonize another planet. And that's not really you can't really do that yet because we don't have the technology. 
unless you want to try to make an underwater community. So we storm Area 51. <laughs> we're not gonna go there. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that. You can't get all of us, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll be good. The, yeah, the only other option is to have like an underwater civilization, but again, that I don't think we're there yet. Uh, maybe we can make the planet like a water world where everyone's living on the ocean. <laughs> Kevin uh, yeah. Costner has gills and can swim <laughs> very fast. Well. I mean, Dennis Hopper's dead. God rest his soul. Maybe we could have some other campy uh, bad guy as the, you know, as the villain yeah. of the eye patch. I mean, just just a thought, you know. It's the whole thing that begs the question: is like, was Thanos right? Exactly. I mean, a lot of people see it different ways, but I mean, <clears throat> it's crazy, but he he did kind of have a point. You know? Yeah, and especially since he witnessed his home planet of Titan go through the same thing, and he saw the result of not doing anything about it kind of justifies his point even more. Yeah. Well, I like that. At the same time, I consider Thanos to be sort of a fanatic for me now. A fanatic True. Is, well, is, I mean, yeah, he is. He For yeah. sure, and that carries even over in the comic. I support movie Thanos more than comic. Thanos, because Thanos in the comic can get pretty, pretty out there. Yeah. Because he gets so love, love obsessed over uh, death and everything. But even in what was it, the Rebirth of Thanos graphic novel, the one that comes before the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's with Silver Surfer through all these planets. He actually brings up some of the stuff that they they put into the movie about overpopulation hmm. and everything. Granted, it takes a dark turn rather quickly because he tricks Silver Surfer and everything, but um, it's the same concept. Just it's a little more crazy because he is very, very obsessed with death in the comic. Yeah. So I guess that's like the main difference between comic Thanos and movie Thanos. But I don't know. What are you, what are you guys' thoughts? Like on the movie? Or we still yeah, just the movie in, just general. in general. I mean – I kind of took the cake as far as most of Infinity War already, but... Well, yeah. I mean, for just talking about Infinity War, I thought it was just overall... It was just fun. You know, yeah, it's it was the just... first time... Well, I mean, besides Civil War, when you right. had superheroes crossing over together, um, it was just a fun movie, you know, coming from... Even from the start, as soon as you saw Hulk, like, land in the Sanctum mm-hmm. Santorum, yep. and then you knew something crazy was going to happen... Opened up with some good comedy, like having Wong, Wong trying to make sure he had enough money for a sandwich. Yeah. Like, then even bringing in Tony Stark Rupus. and uh, uh, Dr. Strange together. For that was good, yeah. too. Clash of the Egos. Yeah. I it, did like it, that it a lot. It reminded me a lot of when Bendis was writing uh, Iron Man, and he brought Tony Stark and Dr. Strange together, which is you know something you would never think would happen. The mustache bro or the goatee bros. That's, goatee bros that's, yep. Yeah, there you go. Yep. I am convinced about my theory that uh, there were al- other alternate ways to defeat Thanos, but Strange picked <laughs> that one so Tony would die because he got that petty with Tony in Infinity War. Oh, spoilers. <laughs> I mean, if you guys haven't seen the movie already, you should probably not be listening to this anyway. Well, but... not like the movie came out like five months ago. So yeah, exactly. You don't know. You well, I watched, rock. <laughs> I watched Infinity War like six times in a row, and it was just. I was in a bad funk after that. Yeah, the the ending definitely... because everyone was like, oh crap, they lost. It was like one of the first major blockbuster movies I went to where nobody was clapping. But it also kind of reminds me of... the audience. 
like the first was it like almost like the first half hour of Empire Strikes Back. You know, they're on Hoth. Oh yeah. And then they just lose. And then they're sitting there you're like, oh crap. Their ability that doesn't is, lose. That is a very good comparison. I wouldn't have I mean, even thought of that. Honestly, Empire Strikes Back is my favorite Star mm-hmm. Wars movie. So the fact that you're actually watching a movie where everyone basically almost loses. Yeah, I was thinking of the fan minutes. Oh, get out. <laughs> Go walk out that door right I'm now. About, I'm about the I can't believe you brought that up. But I mean, it almost begs the question like, you know, Empire Strikes Back. That was another movie where you saw everyone lose. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Han was encased in carbonite. The rebellion was in disarray. Luke got his hand chopped off. Yeah, Luke got his you know, hand chopped off. The famous father quote. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I stand corrected. I mean, I mean, it's not. I'm not trying to like say oh, oh, no way it wasn't like the one movie. I'm sure there's plenty of other movies where, you know, the, the heroes lose. Would the Dark Knight count? I mean, technically, <laughs> it was a bittersweet victory because yeah. You're talking about the yeah, which one? one? No Knight? one. Yeah, the second one where with the Joker. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, Batman does um, stop the Joker, but at the same time, his main love interest has been killed brutally. Uh, the whole city is now aligned against him in order to save Harvey Dent's integrity and image. But at the same time, you do have to think that Joker's out of the way, Harvey Dent's out of the way, too. Yeah, but so's Batman. I mean... I don't know. I honestly have to rewatch it. It's been a while since I've watched it, so... And, and, I don't know, it's... It's kind of complicated to talk about that, too, because they had two different ideas of what they were going to do for the third movie, too. Yeah. And I'll talk. We can talk about that in a Batman episode. I know you're talking about that, so yeah, we, we can say that for later. Yeah, uh, but I mean, like, it, it's just that whole fact that, oh crap, you're watching all of your heroes lose. Now what happens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do they deal with the yeah. the defeat? And that's where Endgame comes mm-hmm. in. Well, I, I want to talk about Infinity War a little more, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not done so, talking like, about Infinity War. I mean, War. I thought it opened up really good, even with the part where I mean, I love. Uh, Peter and Ned's interactions. Oh, yeah. So whenever they have that, mm-hmm. like when they're on the bridge and he's like, Ned created a distraction. He's like, oh, man, we're all going to die. <laughs> like, is it really a distraction? <laughs> it was just Ned being Ned. So, mm-hmm. And then even like, I like, I really like the Peter Parker and Tony. Yeah. yeah I, and I mean, I that's probably, him. yeah, I'm just yeah. going to say that's probably one of my favorite interactions and I know it's with one of characters. Your things that you really don't like, but I kind of liked how they did uh, the Black Order. I do and I don't. I understand why they did what they did because I mean it is a big movie so you can't have like too many introductions on those characters. Yeah. What they did with them was good. Minus I think the killing of Ibani Ma because if this was comic Ibani Ma, mm-hmm. he would have avoided that very easily. Yeah, but, you know, they were still trying I mean, to do the... Yeah. I, I, he was too spunk for me in that movie. Everyone was uh, all about the Peter Parker and not getting 80s references. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I mean, I get why they do it. I think my my only gripe, like, probably the main <laughs> gripe about that aspect is what they did with Corvus Glaive. And for those of you who don't really know the names, it's the guy that was with... Um, the girl, it was his wife in the comic. but What's her name? Midnight Proxima. Midnight, Proxima Midnight. Proxima Midnight. Okay. And the only way you can kill him in the comics is if you break his his scepter. So he's technically immortal until you break the scepter. Yeah. 
And I mean, it was fitting that they killed him with his own weapon. That made it a little bit better, but it's still not all the way there. But does that count? Can that count though? Like, all right, like if you know, we just stab you right now. We can we also break the scepter. I mean, I guess they could have, but like at the same time, I believe in the comic, his weapon was made basically what Stormbreaker is made out of. It was. It was made out of like a dying star. Oh, okay. So it's like super overpowered. <laughs> yeah. Not that not not made in the same place, yeah. but it's kinda out of the same material. Yeah. Um and I mean I it was cool to see like uh, they did Black Dwarf very well, which is the, the bigger Hulk like creature, because it was the same way in the comic. He he actually died in the opening battle. Or in the Infinity, sorry, in the Infinity comic, because that's that's like by, where uh, their first appearance. Yeah, <laughs> um, more he does. Hick, more Hickman brilliance. Yeah, he dies early on in the comic, and then Thanos brings him back to life, and then he dies again. So he was never really that good at combat. Only thing I wish they had done with him is have a one-on-one -on -one with the Hulk. I was really rooting for it. Yeah, but I like <laughs> the fact that. Hulk wouldn't come out. Yeah, it's 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 part of their it character kind of arc, like, which was cool. It kind of like it really portrayed the fact that oh crap, even the Hulk is scary. Right. So this is some serious. I did like that a lot. Serious business going down. And they and they kind of sorry to cut you off. They kind of reversed it from the comic in the aspect that comic Thanos literally goes out of his way to avoid a fight with the Hulk. And huh. now you reverse it where the Hulk is trying to avoid well, Thanos, like, which is cool. Uh, what Starlin said, was, Thanos was originally an Iron Man villain, yep. which I didn't read that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't learn until he said it either. It was pretty pretty interesting. Um, was the Hulk scared, though? Because I've heard people say that he didn't come out because he was tired of saving uh, Bruce Banner all the time. Uh, I don't know. I like to believe that he, wasn't, that he was scared. Yeah, because, like... At the end of it all, like, if he was just like, oh, I'm tired of saving the day. Well, if you don't save the day, Bruce Banner's going to die. Mm. So I kind of like it, it to make more sense that he was scared of Thanos rather than just like, oh, Bruce Banner can do something for once. Yeah. Because then it would be the end of both of them. So I, it's it, you could probably make the debate for the other side, but that's what I think it is. Um I mean, for, I'll say for Infinity, I do give it points for actually having Bruce, uh, Mark, you know, Mark Ruffalo be acting more as Bruce Banner in right. that, like actually having having him do stuff it was nice because it shows that all right, he's not just like the smart guy in the room; he actually can hold his own. But when also he needs it to. ties That's into you know Avengers and Age of Ultron when it was just basically Hulk was just smashing. Yeah, and now you're actually delving into the actual character of Bruce Banner. Yeah, and, and making how, him more complex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is more complex. And so, that even gets more complex. Interesting. <laughs> so I guess, of course, you know, modern wonders of technology. Um, so it says here that Jim Starlin conceived of Thanos during a college psychology class. Oh, that's just and right up my alley. Um, this makes some nihilism. Yeah, so he was, uh, it says here that he was in a psych class and he came up with Thanos and Drax. And they're not sure how he really fit into it, just for basically anger management. So he asked Roy Thomas at the time, who was the editor, if he, if he could do an issue of Iron Man. And, uh, you know, that's how you got 
And then I, I do remember back with the panel too, he was discussing that he always did like the darker characters too. Yeah. I remember him saying specifically that, and that's what drew him to creating Thanos. And, uh, you know, he's, he did say that Thanos was, I guess, visually influenced by Darkseid from DC, but, um, and he said in his, his first Thanos drawings, he looked more like Metron. Metron, Metron yeah. yeah. I so do that remember really that. Cool. He got bulkier. Yeah, with, yeah, they made, yeah. Him, they made him bulk him up. Uh, Snorting protein powder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or those Astro steroids. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, what... What was our favorite character out of Infinity War? Just Infinity favorite War. Favorite character out of Infinity War. I mean, I'm gonna be kind of biased towards this one, but I mean, I know, I know who Ray's gonna pick. Are you gonna say Thanos? Okay. How about okay. favorite favorite? <laughs> how about favorite Thanos? hero? Favorite hero. How about that? Well, you can't even say favorite villain because it's just Thanos. Oh, okay. So we'll say favorite hero. So we'll leave Thanos out of it. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Thanos, so. No, you can go here. I'd probably have to say Thor. I just love what they've done with Thor since Ragnarok. With Ragnarok how, was fantastic. Yeah. In and even like in the first cut, like nobody likes to talk <clears throat> about the Dark World because it wasn't really that good of a movie. But even going back to like Thor one, where they really change his personality and well, you know, they delved into the idea that he's just a man. Yeah. Like you, you make being, a god so not realistic. Being worthy, you basically, and it's almost like if you took Superman and gave him no powers. Yep. Right. Yeah. He, basically. Yeah, but he's still Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. So he's, but now he doesn't know who he is because he's just Thor. And and like how he's dealing with all these losses, and that even ties back into Endgame, which we'll talk about a little later. Thor had really good character development, I think. Um, he was basically just broken down, beaten. Yep. And then he rose back up. Yeah, and that's that's exactly why he's my favorite out of besides Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say because he's played by Chris Hemsworth. No. Uh, <laughs> what what did they call him? The um, like a space pirate had an, an angel had a baby. Yep. <laughs> the, the 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 pirate baby the pirate angel. Pirate angel. Yeah. No, you're pirate a angel. you're a dude. That's a man. <laughs> muscular man <laughs> the the other compelling character too and not a lot of people give him credit is star lord because a lot of people are pissed because you know he lost his shit and and and, shit, and punched thanos and like if you think about it though if you fell in love with somebody mm-hmm. well, we, and, we were having this discussion when we were watching the movie yeah and and you all of a sudden find out that this MFR <laughs> went and killed your your love and after he had already lost his mom and he had to kill his father yep. and he lost his dad that you'd have some like built up emotion that needed to be let out so while a lot of people give him crap I, w- I was thinking I was like you know I probably would have done the same thing because now he's literally taken everything away from me minus Rocket and Groot I'm with you there, but if I was there, I'd probably say, hey, Peter, buddy, give us like five seconds. Let's take the gauntlet off. Then you can do what you want to Thanos. Then you can well, be like, yeah, I mean, but then. Yeah, but that also delves into his humanity again. Yeah, exactly. And, well, I mean, and if if anything, minus Hawkeye and Black Widow, 
he is probably the most human one out of them. Yeah. Because he doesn't have any powers anymore because of Guardians Volume 2. Is he still, like, super strong, though? I don't think so. Is I he, think he's just a regular dude. He's a regular dude now? Yeah, he's just a guy with jetpacks and a blaster. Yeah, exactly. Huh, okay. Well, it's funny. So, actually, um, Star-Lord in the comics is actually a lot more different than the MCU Star-Lord. See, I didn't. I, I don't know anything about comic uh, Star Lord. I've never read any of the Guardians. Yeah, it's a, he's a lot different. He's actually in the comics. He's actually the son of uh, Spartax, Spartax King and Queen. Hmm. So he's actually royalty in the comics. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Yeah, you know, if you ever want to read anything. Oh, I know. I'll, I'll let you know, Ray. <laughs> but yeah, it it also begs the question of in that scene though. Nebula was standing around not doing anything. She could have helped out in some way. <laughs> that well, is a plot hole. Because we, we, we we, I, I remember one of us mentioning that when we were watching mm-hmm. that. And we're like, they're all trying to pull the gauntlet off or keeping them in place. And Nebula's like nowhere to be found. Maybe she was recording on her phone. Uh, maybe. Is maybe maybe you had to get on Instagram real quick. Yeah. <laughs> or Snapchat. <laughs> Yeah, see, I, I was, I'm, I'm thinking back to that scene, and I don't think she did anything in that scene, the, uh, because you had Iron Man and Peter trying to pull off the gauntlet. Yeah. The gauntlet. Then you had, um, what was Doctor Strange doing in that one? In that scene? He, he, like, no, he used the. the uh, no, he used the weird tentacles coming out of the ground to hold his foot. Right, and then Mantis was on top, holding him down. Peter and was in Peter front. And Iron Man were trying to get the gauntlet off. Drax was holding his other arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think Nebula was doing anything in that scene. Hmm. Did the writers or producers say anything about that? I don't know. Else? I'd have to dive into that. I don't think they ever said anything about that. I mean, we we almost made the mistake of watching it with commentary after it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have added another three hours. Um, but yeah, th- those are my favorite characters in that movie. Mm-hmm. Ian, what? you can go. Uh, Save mine for the end. Oh, sure. Thanks. Uh, you know, I'm probably going to have to say uh, Scarlet Witch, Wanda, played by um, Elizabeth Olsen. I mean, just, uh, yeah, I'll tell you why, besides, like, I love Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> I wasn't going to comment until you did that. I don't want to say anything. <laughs> yeah, I know. You wrote that on yourself. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, just, um, you know, big fan. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Anyway, I would say Scarlet Witch because, you know, she's kind of she has like the same issues going on with like uh, Thor and Star Lord. Because if you think back to Age of Ultron, like, all right, she was experimenting on with her brother by um, what's it, Baron? Uh, what's the, what's, the, what's the, what was that, Baron? Van von Strucker. Van von Strucker, yeah. But if you go even further than that, you know, at least according to the MCU, this their version of Wanda and yeah. Pietro, like, they're from Sokovia. Their family was killed by a rogue weapon of right. Stark, so that's why they got hated for Tony that, Stark. That, that's interesting that you bring that up, too, because they never really addressed her grieving for her brother, either. That's kind of one of those things that kind of fell through the cracks a little yeah. bit between movies. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything like that in Civil War. Yeah, Infinity in War. Civil War, she was kind of... On well, house I think, arrest. I think mm-hmm. Civil War they were trying to have her focus on her on her powers and how to control them. Yeah. I mean Civil War really just kinda delved into the fact that she was scared of herself. Right. You know. Yeah, that yeah. 
school and putting I it. I think Scarlet Witch just overall is just a good character in general. No, no, I, I did character. like her better in Endgame, but that that's a whole different... We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, she, uh, she has a lot of good qualities, I would say, um, back when she was introduced in the comics. Definitely MCU Scarlet Witch is much different than the comics yes, Scarlet Witch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I can't wait for WandaVision either, <clears throat> the Disney Plus show, I'll because that's going to be interesting to see her more at the forefront. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm open to it. We'll see. I think she's one of the better... How do I tiptoe around this? One of the better female characters that I'm interested in. That, that's all you did. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not even tiptoeing. That's just stating yeah. Yeah, her I personal mean, opinion. I mean, I... I I mean, Black Widow's an okay character, but I'm I'm not very interested in her. Like, it's the same reason why I'm not really interested in Hawkeye either, because they're basically just special agents. Like, I don't have a, a deep interest for either of those characters because you have all these super powered people around. Yeah, but I like the human characters. Yeah, but it's the same yeah. thing as Batman being in Justice League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing too. They bring Batman more at the forefront. Black Widow's not really at the forefront, neither is Hawkeye. Until, well, Hawkeye, you can make the argument for Endgame. He's a little raw, yeah, a little bit. Hawkeye more. is a better father than Bruce Wayne can ever be. <laughs> right. Well, and I, and I think I might stand corrected when the Black Widow movie comes out. I don't know. I'm, I'm open to it. I heard a lot of interesting things about the Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, as of right now, though, I think I'm more interested to see what Scarlet Witch has to, has to offer. I'll be good with that. And uh, I'll just wrap it up. But, yeah, so, you know. She lost her, her, her brother, her family, and at the end she has to, you know, kill her lover to save the world, and that's just heart-wrenching. Yeah, and, you know, she has to... <laughs> <laughs> We're throwing crap around. Sorry, folks, that was uh, Ray's microphone just uh, fell off oh. the table here. I think yeah. it still works. Yeah, we're still good. Yeah, you, got your, you paid good money for it, it should be fine. <laughs> All right, so let's try to get back on track here. So, yeah, Wanda has to kill Vision, or, or like the last thing in the world that, you know, loves her, has a connection with her, that has been helping her out, and she has to do it to save humanity. And, yeah, that's I, honestly, I don't know if I could do the same thing if I was in her shoes and if my significant other, if I had to take care of them to save the world. I don't know if I could do it. I mean, that's hard, especially come for me. Cause I'm not really good with, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <Would I? laughs> thanks guys. Thanks for, my, thanks for my back. It was a pleasure, right? That was great. Uh, anyway, regard, regardless. Yeah. So, and you know what? What makes it even worse that she goes through all that. She kills Vision, her her you know future husband. True, yeah, I didn't even cases. think of that. And all amounts to nothing because two seconds later, Thanos brings yeah. him back. He gets killed twice in front of her. Yeah, yeah that, so that's even worse. Like even, what's the point of life? It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <Then> God. We, <laughs> that got dark. Yeah, that got dark then, real uh, fast. Yeah, then when we show her coming back for her second comeback in Endgame, which when we talk about it, yeah, she was badass. She was a beast. Yeah, she was, a, yeah. She, she was a beast. Oh. But, uh, yeah, that's why I like um, you know Wanda, you know, Scarlet Witch, and Infinity War. Yeah. What do you think, Eric? Right. Sorry, I'm 
I'm sorry, Ray. Oh, you, you already know what I think. Yeah. <laughs> but who's your favorite in uh, Infinity um, War? Well, I mean, obviously I'm 100% biased because I'm going to say Captain America. Of course you're going to say Captain America. <laughs> but... <laughs> I would have agreed with you in Endgame for Cap, but go I ahead. I mean, I would say Captain America. Like, I'm just I'm glad he came back, you know? Yeah. It, it was the whole thing, like, and you could see that in the beginning, Tony was ready to call him. Like, he was ready to call him, and then he got distracted, then he couldn't call him. So, like, he was ready to call him, and it's a good thing that the Hulk did, because, you know, Wanda and Vision were basically getting their butts kicked by Proxima Midnight and, um... Corvus. Corvus Glaive. Oh, so, I'll mention one thing quickly. This, this is Edinburgh, right in Skyland. Where's everyone else? Like, the whole, everyone, every, there's no, nobody else in, in Apparently the Apparently, we were, one of the featurettes, I think, brought that up. Yeah. That the town in Scotland doesn't have a whole lot of people in it anyway. And the fact that I think it was just the middle of the night. All right. I, I did hear that there wasn't a whole lot of people that, in that, that live in that town, so. Oh, like where they filmed it? Yeah. Oh, all right. I guess yeah, that makes so, more sense. Um, yeah, I mean, they brought him back in a huge way. I know I was so excited to see Captain America. And, you know, Ian even brought up the question, like, do I like the fact that he has two shields? Oh, yeah, I like that. Hmm. It's even more badass. He's got two giant arm shields. That's cool. Um, but I would say another one of my favorite characters in the whole movie. Um, I do have to say real quick, it was pretty awesome with him and – Black Panther sprinting out in the battlefield yeah, against that, that, that was really the and you know what, that actually like uh, so I'm gonna start talking comics for a little bit too. <laughs> but like I honestly like I like Black Panther he's a good character mm-hmm. and like back in the comics Captain America was the one who first introduced him into the Avengers so like I've always liked the Black Panther Captain America dynamic and they really took it and brought it really good here because like even after even during Civil War like they were, they didn't like they were at each other because of Bucky yeah. or because of Zemo. Mm-hmm. So even then, after like they just made up and you know he was letting Cap hide out in Wakanda, which I think is great. Um, yeah, Black Panther was a good character, but I think one of the other like I don't know, I guess like good character moments I want to say was when Thor, Groot, and Rocket came back. Yeah. Because everyone just had so much good play off each other. Like mm-hmm. to, I, Every time, chills run up my spine. To, to mm-hmm. Bucky basically holding up Rocket while they were just turning around <laughs> shooting. How much for the arm? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'll get that arm. Like, that was good. And then, like, Thor and Cap coming back together. And he's yep. like, notice you copied my style. I am Groot. I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think, I mean... Favorite character was Captain America, but all the little character moments were good. Yeah. Like, I think that was probably my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, it kind of reminded me of when in Civil War everyone met up for the first yep. time. So, like that whole air put that whole airport scene in mm-hmm. Civil War where they're all fighting each other and everyone just has great character moments with each other. Yeah. So like it was really I think it was just like my favorite character is my favorite character moments. Okay. Fair um, enough. So, I mean, obviously, my favorite character is Captain America, but it was the character moments that really just brought that movie together yeah. for me. And, and, yeah, and, like, a lot of people don't like the comedy, but I, I feel like the comedy is a good part of the characterization of a lot of the, the, the heroes, too. Yeah. You need the comedy, otherwise it's going to be 
become being it too dark. Yeah, and yeah, it brings livelihood to mm-hmm. it. And with Marvel being more of a more childhood, like, like child family, family friendly, friendly yeah. than DC is, it works very well. So, like, well, I mean, saying that, I mean, I think Shazam was pretty. Family oh yeah. Friendly. Oh, absolutely. So but I then you're talking about the character to, too. I think they're starting to find their stride. Yeah, I think so too. Like, for sure. Shazam was really good for like kids. Yeah, in in the to, that level, that movie has a lot of different levels to it, which I don't think is given credit for with the whole thing with him being an orphan and everything. No, I agree. I I did not uh, that like hit me in the gut a little bit when I was watching. That. Yeah, I was like, no one's seen Shazam. You should go see. Yeah, yeah. There's our DC. Yeah, D, yeah. Our DC, DC plug in the Marvel. Yeah. The Marvel podcast. Um, I mean, it would be cool if we saw a Shazam fight against St. Us, you know. <laughs> hey, that's just me, man. Come on. Nah, I'm, I'm, huh? Yeah, I think so. Oh, you're I full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Speaking of dark, let's bring it around to Endgame, starting off on <laughs> one of the most depressing depressing moments in in, uh, There's a few in the MCU. In that one, yeah. Bringing... With the the heroes really dealing with the aftermath of mm-hmm. Thanos and the snap, or I'm sorry if we're going far from home, it's the blip. blip. Um, starting, I did not expect them to start off with Hawkeye and his family, and as soon as they they showed Hawkeye, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. I like that. Yeah, I'm like, I thought it was good. I thought it was very well done. I wasn't expecting it, but it was very well done. Okay, so it's that kind of movie. Yeah. So if if I mean, if you guys are listening and you watched the movie, there was actually something I didn't notice when we were uh, watching it the other day. Was when you're when they're all standing there in the screen showing who who left. None of us knew that Agent Thirteen was gone. Yeah, that's yeah, right. We we caught that because we had to. Act, I actually rewound it because I was like, I wonder who they're showing. So. We didn't realize that Agent 13 was uh, blipped. And then uh, Selvig got blipped either. Yes, Selvig from Thor. Yeah. Selvig, yeah. yeah, Selvig got blipped. So it was pretty interesting to see who actually got blipped. And I'm sure if you scour around online, you could probably find a list of yeah. who got blipped. And I think the beauty of this this movie, too, is not only the heroes dealing with the fact that they lost for the first time, well, not, I mean, not for the first time, but a first major, major loss. Is the big one. Is It was a really cool idea of, like, a post-apocalyptic Marvel Universe, which, like, the only time I ever saw that was, like, comics like uh, Old Man Logan and um, Marvel Zombies. Zombies. And, that Spider-Man Reign? Yeah, Spider-Man Reign. Um, was that one by Peter, David, and Ariel Albany? I think it was like Avengers, either the last story or the last stand. I haven't read it, but it was very cool the way they did it, and they even like threw in the tidbit where, oh, I think it was it was Cap, it was Cap that came back to the meeting and was like, oh, oh yeah, like I could see a uh, pods of whales in in the Hudson River yeah. and everything, and the in. vegetation was growing again. So, you know, we were talking about this earlier, <laughs> but it almost begs the question, like. Was Thanos right? I mean, uh, he got rid of half of civilization, and pollution was down. Um, you know, vegetation was regrowing. All the marine life was coming yeah. back into the bay and the Hudson. So, like, you have to think though that if this 
if you wanted to be continuous, you got to snap people every like every generation when the population gets too big again. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen because we we can go into that too when they brought that everybody back mm-hmm. because it was a five year gap. So yeah. there could have been a lot of people that had kids in that in that time frame. But I kind of wanted to see them go into how like civilization around them was getting along with it. Like I know it's supposed to be about the Avengers, but they really kind of focused on. Yeah. Well, you you can almost see that because when Ant Man was brought back. True. Right, that you a saw little him bit. walking around in that town, and there was just nobody. Garbage everywhere. Houses were in disarray. Yeah, parked it's like, cars yeah. everywhere. Even the scenes where, uh, after you know, spoiler alert, it's five years later. So yeah. after they try to go kill Thanos and successfully do, and successfully do, only to realize that he destroyed snapped the, stone. the stones out of existence. So, um, with them trying to figure that out. When you cut to the scene of Captain America leading the uh, kind of recovery group, is that what it's called? The, the rehab, session. yeah, like a therapy oh, session. Yeah. Um, you could see like there's cars parked everywhere. You know, City Field's basically just a meeting spot now. And you know, I actually really, I really liked that scene. It was good um, for a few different reasons. All right, number one, I think the fact that Joe Russo just he, he played a really good character, and he played probably the first, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the first openly gay character in a Marvel movie. Yeah, I believe that was uh, that was confirmed. Which, I really like that. That, yeah. Was yeah. Good, that was a very good touch. Um, and then, you know, second, Jim Starlin was Jim there. Jim Starlin, yep. That was, that, that was really cool. And, um, but it was just a good way to, like, you know, See how everyone's dealing with everything. Yeah. My question, and this is like kind of like an open-ended question. Do you think if this were to happen in real life that we would be able to move on and get back to like where kind of where it is now where everybody's productive in that five-year time gap? Or do you think it would take a lot longer period of time? Because, I mean, it was brief, kind of kind of thrown around that, you know, you know, people who lost their husbands or wives or whatever have probably some of them have moved on and like had their own families with them and everything. Like but that. if it were to happen in real life, how do you think that would actually go? Oof, man, that's a that's a tough one. I, I don't know. I think that that kind of depends on the person. I mean, as as a whole, as, as a like whole, a society, do you think we would be able to recover quickly, or do you think it would take more than five years? I would say maybe we can recover quickly because if it's one thing that humanity is good at doing, it's adapting, adapting to survive this survive your surroundings and environment. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting too because you go from like what was it, New York? New York was where the therapy scene was. Yep. Yeah. Where everybody's kind of not moved on and and kind of still very upset. Like I mean, it's understandable, of course. But then you move to Tony's house, and Tony seems like he's actually doing well now. And he's got which the house is actually for sale, everyone. Yeah, it's right? like twenty to forty million dollars. Yeah, all so, right, so we all pitch in. The actual Iron Man house where he was living for the movie is for sale. It's for sale, and it's in upstate New York. Yeah, so you know, if anyone's interested, it's a gorgeous house. But it it is cool how you have those different contrasts, where in the city setting, mm-hmm. most if not all 
the people living there haven't really moved on or like gotten back to careers or whatever. And then you have, you move like a few miles up North to Tony. I mean, granted it's a different setting. Obviously mm-hmm. it's going to be different if you're living in the countryside or in the mountainside in the city, but the two different contrasts between not moving on and moving on is very interesting as to how they do it. Or trying to move on. Or trying to move on. Because there is those little things that you can tell where like, Tony is still totally trying to... Okay. Yeah. He's still well, not... I wouldn't even say Tony. I mean, you say they're trying to move on or not moving on and moving on. I would say Tony is the one who's moving on. Right. While the rest of them are trying to move on. He's, but you know, Tony's moving on yeah, to the point where he doesn't want to go back. Well, and he it's... Doesn't want to lose he doesn't want to lose anything that he's getting. Right, exactly. He's like one of the only people that we see in the movie that has actually benefited from mm-hmm. the snap. Which is, I mean, Same correct way. me it's if I'm showing, wrong. It's showing two really good sides, I think. Yeah. Between the whole therapy session and then showing Tony. And then even cutting to Bruce. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Bruce has improved too. Cutting to Bruce where, you know, he's smart old now. And he's living a... You know, pretty good life. Yeah, he's gotten. Yeah. yeah, he's he's become a fan of society too <laughs> because the kids are all about him now. But then it shows. You know, it's also showing not moving on. Cut to Thor. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. just depressed. Fat Thor. Fat, Fat Thor is yeah. depressed, and then you also cut to Hawkeye, who's just going yeah. on a killing spree. True. So this it actually shows really good. Um, I think levels of. Moving on and not moving on. Yeah, Whereas Tony is showing probably the the best one who's moved on compared to everyone else. True. But it also shows where each Avenger is caught in between everything. Yeah. Captain America and Black Widow, you know, unfortunately they're caught in the middle. Yeah. They're trying to move on. Tasha has crying fits, on. you know. Yeah. Exactly. She has crying fits, you see her. Thor's just depressed. Hawkeye's on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. And Cap, I think, is just trying to hold everybody together, too. I don't. I, I think it's very interesting that he does really is at the forefront as the leader here. Mm-hmm. Like, look, what happened happened, and he's trying to hold everybody together still. You yeah. can just tell the, the way he talks and his eyes that, you know. And while he's probably definitely upset, it seems like you don't see a whole lot of him struggling. It's more him struggling to keep people together it's not so much about him it's about Hmm. the rest of the team but the way that they they kind of conduct him into putting all of his efforts to keep everybody okay and together is very very interesting so there's your cap compliment (laughs) you only get that one tonight well thank you um yeah, I mean, I think just overall it was just a really good movie. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we haven't even touched upon a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I think... So much to cover. <laughs> yeah, and um, going, like going back to Fat Thor, Fat Thor... Fat Thor was very interesting, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, that's the worst thing you did to Thor, but it adds another... It's not, it's It's probably, I think, one of the best things that they've done to Thor because it shows what would happen to... A normal individual that has gone through all of that stuff mm-hmm. and they the only way they can cope is to eat and drink it's a very realistic portrayal of what somebody would go through when they're depressed i think everyone hang out with your boys yeah, yeah. there you go Cor- corgan meek oh 
coming back. Noob Master 69. <laughs> um, no, and I agree. And also, like, it also was a really good show in Hawkeye. Yep. Like, he didn't know what happened until he probably read the news. Yeah, I heard about it. And he was just mad that, you know, all these other, like, riffraff was still alive while his family was All the criminals are alive. Yeah. So... Gotta, it's be hard to explain it to the wife and the kids. They're like, honey, what did you do in those five years? Uh, I, would, I would just flat out say I was killing criminals. <laughs> can, can we just like throw the, the comment out there that the real hero of this movie was a rat? The rat, yes. Because <laughs> if the rat didn't push that button and Ant-Man didn't come back, they would have never discovered time travel. Yeah, that, that was actually really good too because I think that was something a lot of people didn't expect. Yeah, it was just random. Yeah, I know, like, as soon as they, like, were talking about time travel, I was like, oh, snap, are they going to go back and try to get Infinity Stones? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that really just, like, I think that was a good thing that really tied the movie together. Oh, and then I almost forgot. We completely skipped over it. One of the more humane moments for Tony was with Tony and Nebula at the beginning, too. Yeah. On the cusp of death. And yeah, then in playing, playing, playing uh, uh, paper, football. paper football, and I, I was I was I think reading Nebula was a really good character that they. I'm glad they gave her more screen time. Yeah, gave her more screen time and made her and, more human. And the I actually really liked her, her and Rhodey. Yeah, I do like that. That was a really good scene when they were talking, and she put her metal hand to go get the stone. She was, I forget what she said. And then he was like, it's not, it was a really good quote. Watch the movie. (laughs) I can't remember what it was. I know I just saw it. But (laughs) even going to that paper football thing, if you look at it deeply, you'll notice that Tony kind of lets her win Mm -hmm. at paper football. And if you look at it, it's the first time she's ever won because she was always getting beat down by Gamora all the time. And Thanos treated her like shit, like comic Thanos does. Tony was but, a much better father figure than Thanos. But it was a very cool dynamic that, and it just kind of hits home a little bit that it was the first time that she won. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap! Like that's that's real right there for her character. Yeah, that's deep. I mean, then let's not forget Tony and his daughter. Yes. Like, if I ever have a daughter, I want it to be exactly like Morgan Stark. <laughs> That was just that was just a really cute moment. She she was adorable when she ca- when she came out with the helmet on. And I thought when whole, I first the whole shit line was hilarious. Too. When, when I first saw Endgame, I thought it was gonna be a dog that come came out because <laughs> it looked like almost like a doghouse that she was gonna come out of. And then I was like, oh, she had a she he has a daughter. I was like, oh, I should have probably paid attention more. And I'm like, all right, it makes more sense that he would have a daughter over a dog. <laughs> but she she is adorable. I hope they um, I hope they keep her around. I did hear recently that she got the actress who plays Morgan Stark got another role for something. Didn't you say it was his Dark Materials? Yes, his Dark. No, that was um the girl from Logan. Oh, okay. The girl who played Laura. Oh, what's her name? Um, and that, and it kind of goes back to the girl who played, uh, young Gamora in Infinity War went on to go on Dancing with the Stars too. So she even got a, another role playing in something relatively big. So Eric, when do you go on Dancing with the Stars? I'll never go on Dancing <laughs> with the Stars. Um, 
Bear with me, though. I, I am going to look up to see what role that Morgan Stark actually got. Um, so if anybody else wants to start talking, <laughs> I'll get back to to that. Let's see. Ray, besides those, what was your favorite part of Endgame? What was your favorite that uh, stuck out for you? Well, I mean, I really liked the part when they went back in time because it showed a lot of the cool Marvel history. Like, as soon as you saw them go back the first time, and it said, cut, you used to just see big giant letters saying New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap, that's mm-hmm. really cool. So that was really cool that they did the whole jump back in time thing. I love their Maybe. concept of time travel, too, because yeah. it does kind of work better than, like, I hate to say it, but better than Back to the Future. Time travel is extremely complicated, which it's all in theory. And also, you know, it introduces the multiverse because multiple time ra- timelines can mm-hmm. alter into different... different. And they uh, just had, like, so many good, like, characters come back. Rene Russo, Robert Redford, Kevin Feige was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's it's the, like a f- giant family reunion, Yeah, basically. Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, the actress that, who's the actress that played uh, the ancient one? Um, oh. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, yeah I, li- I liked her, like, her five-minute, like, combo with the Hulk and, like, yeah. how they actually solved it through talking and conversing instead of fighting. Yeah, having Tilda Swinton back was pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, it was just really cool how they brought back a lot of old characters um, that you weren't mm-hmm. ready for. I mean, even going back to Agent Sitwell and Frank Grillo. Yep. That was really cool. Yeah, that was... That was awesome. That, I, was, I was really hoping they were going to do another <laughs> elevator fight scene. And really quick, the girl who played Morgan, Morgan Stark, Lexi Rabe, mm-hmm. was also in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Nice. She was she young... She was young that, Madison Russell. Oh, so she was young 11? Basically, yeah. So she was like in the opening couple I was, scenes. I was just too excited for the monsters. I oh yeah, the, the battle royale. But, I didn't care about any of the human yeah. moments. But the, it was it was just like an though. interesting tidbit that maybe Endgame kind of mm-hmm. is gonna excel her a little bit. Um, nice. I did like the time travel. Um, it did bring. I mean, it did bring some action, but it did bring in like, you know, more levels to like Tony's character. And Cap's character, I mean, as soon as I saw Cap duck into the office and saw Peggy we Carter on the door, Carter. I was like, oh. The feels. Yeah. Um, there, there was a couple of things that kind of is a little bit of a, a problem in the plot, and that really focuses more on Nebula. and Nebula and, and Rhodey's trip to get the, what was it, the Power Stone? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, all she, all Nebula had to do was hit the button, and she would have been teleported. I, well, yeah, I think. All. I it, get that it, it was important for the plot, uh, the plot to move forward. Yeah, but I think it was also a thing to get. Um, it was just a thing to like uh, explore Nebula a little more. Yeah. And to understand how, like, since she's a cyborg, how is that going to affect right. everything? The only other problem or thing that I couldn't understand is how Thanos brought his ship back. Because from my understanding, he didn't have any pin particles unless... Yeah. Had, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. They did, because they the, the other nebula came back and used... Her pin, her particle. pin particle to come back. So I don't know how he got his, his ship back. 
unless they try to find like a re-engineering way to like use the portal to send some somebody through. I don't know. Maybe. I have, I have no idea how that yeah, that was like yeah, one I of the did, 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 no when like evil nebula came come back did she run to the left well wait no, that doesn't make any sense either because there's no more pin particles after I, yeah, and like no originally yeah. i thought like the good Gamora, uh good Gamora, good nebula shooting the bad one was a problem but then they the past and like multiverse the, yeah the multiverse thing comes in and kind of fills that out i i just want a giant poster of back to the future where it's the van Instead of uh, Martin McFly, it's an Ant Man with his watch out. Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be my I mean, thing. There, there's just so many things about this movie. One quick tidbit before we try to move into our next segment: um, the sword that Thanos uses is actually a throwback to the Thanos copter. Thanos they copter. did they did come back and say that that was a homage mm -hmm. to. The Thanos copter, and I thought that was just brilliant. Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm really glad that Jim Starlin told us told us that in the panel. And uh, going back to even that scene, I think that fight scene with the original three was up there for me for favorite yeah. battles because seeing the original three go at it was was awesome. Yeah. Like it's one thing to see all of the Avengers tackling Thanos, but to see like a smaller team of the original three mm -hmm. fight the biggest, baddest villain they've had so far. It was just so cool. Yeah, and then as soon as like everything else started, like yeah, that that battle was really good too. But like, I mean, you could see the combos between Cap and Thor, Cap and Iron Man with, I mean, well, of course, Cap it reminded lifting. me a lot of Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, I mean, and all the combos. You Thor could. did look like an actual Norse god. Yeah, he did with the, the bearded braids and everything. Yeah, else. yeah and, like they weren't the like dreads, yeah. they weren't models like we see on uh, TV. Oh uh, yeah, it was it was great. And this kind of brings me back to, again, favorite character of Endgame. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. And this one, honestly, for me, will not be Thanos because I I kind of didn't – I mean, I understand why they did it, but I kind of didn't like that his his reasoning now is just to start from scratch and kill everybody. Yeah. Uh, so. Sorry, I was busy yawning. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, it's, I'm sorry it's, it's, I'm boring you, Ray. <laughs> He is very boring to talk to. I know. I can drone on and on and on. I get it. I get it. But that's what we're here to do, right? Yeah, <laughs> For <true>. our audience. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to have to say, oh, it's it's tough not to say Iron Man, but it might have to be Iron Man or Thor for me. I can see why. Get, and, and it's just going back to to Thor and his and how he's dealing with things mm -hmm. yeah. and really humanizing a god. Um, I do like, I really, I, I might have to say Iron Man number one, because I feel like other than maybe Thor, he has lost a significant amount and he's tried to save everybody and messed up severely. So he has to deal with that guilt as well, Yeah. even though his heart's always pretty much in the right place and his entire arc in the MCU was phenomenally done. I think it's one of the best best character arcs overall in the, the what is it, 20-something, 19 movies now? Well, 20, 19 or 20 movies. And it, and it doesn't even go to that either. It's just the fact that he you start with such a selfish, like, know-it-all type person to, like, being a selfless individual and really trying his hardest to 
put everyone else before him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can even track it back to the first Avengers where he tries to sacrifice himself at the yeah. end to prevent the nuke from going off. Yeah, he always does that. Yeah, and then and then again in Endgame, of course, when he finally gets the job done. Um, and then for him, like I think the thing that sets him above everybody else for me is the fact that he finally has what he wants and what he's settled in as. And even then he goes ahead and sacrifices himself just so everybody else can live. I think that's like the biggest portrayal of selflessness that you could ever ask of. I mean, maybe it's a little selfish, like selfish because of his family or whatnot, but the fact that he, he now has in the beginning of Endgame everything he ever wanted, and now he just gives it up. And originally he wasn't going to, and then they brought bring up time travel, and he, he had to come up with something because that that little nudge at the back of his mind you can set, you can tell. So I think. Well, I mean, harkens back to uh, Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Needs of the many outweigh the needs of the yep. few. Exactly. Long and prosper. Yeah. So I mean, sacrificing oneself to save everyone else, he knew what he had to do. Yeah. But you know. That's the that's that's the question though. In this room, do you think we can all do the same thing? Oh yeah, I totally could. Okay, right, sure, I'll I believe you. I, I would totally sacrifice myself. Yeah, if if I knew how many lives are on the line, yeah, I'd probably do it. Uh, I'm just saying, like, you know, everyone says the same thing, like, oh, you know, I'm I'm like the here I can save the day and like we say that, I say that, but... I would totally do it. I wouldn't even think about it. I just, like, no one ever knows until you're actually put in that situation. Yeah, true. That's a it. fair point, but, yeah. If, if just thinking about it right now, I'd say I could do it. Okay. I'm not even thinking about it, I'd just do it. <laughs> okay, okay. Guys. I have that All much right. hero blood in me. Okay, Cap. Yeah. Alright, so going to what uh, your favorite character was. My favorite character. In Endgame. In Endgame. It's going to be another tie because um, I probably would say for Endgame, it's a toss-up between uh, Hawkeye and Nebula. Okay, fair. I, was, I would say Hawkeye because at the beginning, like his whole world is devastated. His family's gone. His family got blipped away. He's on his own. He did a lot of bad things yeah, in those five years. His, that was definitely his way of coping. <clears throat> and... Um, I thought maybe his redemption is that was going back and I mean, again personal reasons he wanted to bring his family back but you know the going back trying to say like to bring the Infinity Stones back and then yeah. offering himself to be the one to sacrifice to get yeah. the Soul Stone and his um the part where he was actually back in time too mm-hmm. was a little bit a bit heart heart wrenching because you could tell he wanted to stay and see his kids again. Yeah. But then he gets brought back. Yeah. That was a little heart wrenching a little bit too. I would, I'd be devastated. And uh, gosh, I wish I, I should probably say probably Black Widow too because you know. Yeah. She's it, to me. It's all about like self sacrifice. Like uh, let me save my family. Yeah. And the go back to yeah, yours. It was very well done how they portrayed her character as like her family was the Avengers. Yeah. She was the heart of Mm -hmm. the Avengers. And I think that's really downplayed and underutilized. But I mean, even I think I'd have to rewatch it, but even when she was introduced in Iron Man two, you can see it a little bit that her heart was really for what she does Mm -hmm. and the people that she worked with. 
even when she was interacting with Tony and, and I think she had, what was it? Iron Man two, she ended up fighting like training in the boxing ring with happy a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She and she, she like scissor kicked them. Yeah. So even, even yeah, like you can't, you, there, there are moments there. You do have to look for them a little bit, mm-hmm. but I do think it's one of the overpowering yet underutilized aspects of black widow for sure. Very true. And probably my last toss-up would be uh, Nebula, just because her big introduction in the first Guardians, she's the bad guy, to think, you know, right-hand to Thanos. And then over the course of a few movies, she's kind of made this gradual yeah, turn to she, she had, any hero. Yeah, she guy. does have a, a, a good transformative arc. Yeah. Yeah, even in Guardians 2, you know, at first she wanted to betray everyone. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden she became... You know, part of the team. Yeah, and then she has cute moments with like Tony. Yep. And Rocket, I love her dynamic mm-hmm. with Rocket too. Yeah, like it when they land on Earth. Yeah. Rocket and her are just holding hands. They don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, Rocket's my favorite Guardian, but I I, I have to go on about that in another episode because mm-hmm. I could go on. Uh, those are my toss ups there, Ray. How about you? What do you got? Oh man. I mean, quick side note though, so you have a little more time to think. Um, Scarlet Witch finally reaching her potential in this movie. Yes. With her powers. And they, the, the directors came out and said that if Thanos hadn't fired upon his own troops, mm-hmm. that Scarlet Witch could have killed him. Yes. They, they came true. out and said that her powers were at that level in that movie where he, she could have single-handedly taken on Thanos, which in the comics she probably could. Oh, yeah, there's no way around that. He was hoping in the future that uh, that's brought up again in further Marvel movies. Yeah, I think they will in Doctor Strange 2 and WandaVision for sure. I think they're definitely going to – they're just beginning to dive into her character. Um, So I guess like favorite character moments, if I had to guess – I'm not even guessing. I mean, it's going to be the same as the last one. Like I didn't have – I mean, obviously Captain America is my favorite character. I love what they did with him. I love how they ended it. Mm-hmm. But I would say like the character moments – Again, yeah. were just fantastic. I do like even just yep. between what was it? Just just the twelve of them? Were there twelve? Uh, I, uh, I'd 12? have to I'd have to 10, to go maybe? back. What, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but Baker doesn't maybe. Yeah, so like I mean, even just between all them, like back when they were trying to figure out where all the stones were in mm-hmm. time, and yep. I do to the point where yeah. they got the team together. Like, all the character moments, again, in the movie are just fantastic. I do like Cap's dynamic in this movie with Iron Man a lot. Yeah. Granted, I was hoping that they would bro-hug or hug at some point, but it didn't happen. But just... Yeah, it is a sign of respect. But I do like Cap better in this movie for quite a few reasons, but I'll I'll let you cover that. I mean, they did have a lot of good Captain America moments, but like I think my favorite... It was just character moments again. Yeah. Like, even when everyone just showed up, like Sam, right off the rip, right on your left, that was awesome. Yep. You see everyone come through, and then everyone was having good character moments. Peter finally getting that hug from Tony. Yeah. Star-Lord seeing Gamora for the first time again. Just and then just getting hit in the nuts. <laughs> yep. Like, it was great. And even just to the surprise, Mother friggin' Pepper Potts coming in in the rescue yeah. armor. Yep. No one was ready for that. Like it was just, it was just the character moments were fantastic. I can think of a couple up, though that up we did up into the part where <laughs> I think you know where I was going. Didn't Okaye uh, basically 
one shot Corvus Grave. Yeah, I mean, I that's pretty badass. It was kind of a cool with the team up. The Mm. only thing I didn't like about that whole thing was you just took Marvel's iconic hero and pushed him aside and gave him the bitch seat, basically. I mean, I like it. I did like the dynamic, except I didn't really understand how Mantis could make an effective warrior on the battlefield. But the rest of them, like that, I thought that was pretty cool. I just didn't like (laughs) how they treated him like a bitch. I mean, I guess I, I. I get that he's still inexperienced. Uh, we're, 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 we're gonna get into some weird territory here, so I just disclaimer warning. Warning. We are yeah. not. We are not sexist at all. I'm so, staying out of this one. <laughs> it was just like I don't know. They they just used Captain Marvel as such an OP character, and and that's the only thing I don't like about it. I I don't care like. I don't understand the hate for Brie Larson. Like, I heard the things that, like, supposedly she said. I didn't think it was that bad. But her character in general, I would be more interested in if she struggled a little bit more. Like, even going to her single movie, uh, the boss fight, or the boss fight, the the fight at the end where she was fighting, um, what's his face? Jude, Jude Law's character. <laughs> lasted, like, five seconds. If she could like actually have a real like, and it was it was a little bit with Thanos. Like, granted, like she is a bit too cocky for my taste. Um, so I it think was Tony when he started out. Yeah, and and that's why I think I'm giving her more of a benefit because it did take a little while to get uh, Tony out of that arc. I just hope that they give her a similar arc. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. I don't have any problem with her character. I think she's just she make thing she makes things look too easily. And one thing I had a little bit of a gripe with was a lot of people are making her iconic in that battle because she blew up a ship. And I was like, well, Thor flew through five of them in the last movie, so I don't understand like yeah. why Man, she's automatically deemed the most powerful Avenger. That was a pretty badass scene, you know, coming in one shot in the ship and then. Well, it was cool, but the fact that like it's a lot of people one. like put her on her own pedestal, and I was like, well, Thor did the same thing in Infinity War. So, I mean, I'm not hating on Captain Marvel. I just want to see more of a deeper characterization with her. Yeah, I don't want her just to be the cocky, like, oh, I can do this myself type superhero. I hope that in future installments they, they bring her down did, to earth a little I bit. I did really like the passing of the gauntlet. Yeah, that, I do. It was very one. reminiscent of how the quote-unquote old heroes are passing off to the new heroes. I did like that a lot. Yeah, I would I would like to see her. And this is where we're going to go into the future of the MCU. So we're going to we're going to lead right into this. I would like to see Captain Marvel have her own like space team. I don't want to see her with the Avengers cuz she's more cosmic and she hasn't really been present on earth a whole lot like the space avengers yeah and not so much the guardians it's more like maybe maybe alpha flight they they do her own version of alpha flight and this brings me back to what i hinted at in uh infinity war with the decimation of xandar apparently there's a nova movie coming and part of the movie is going to take place in xandar with nova and apparently nova is there 
when the Power Stone is taken and Xandar is oh. being destroyed. So I kind of want to see cool. him join a team with Captain Marvel and then throw in um, some other characters. And um, uh, from my understanding is Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is supposed to introduce a bunch of cosmic characters and if there's a good fan reaction to those characters they're gonna give them their own solo movie so nova was one of them i know adam warlock is in talks especially after that easter egg at the end of second guardians second guardians movie um but my hope for the cosmic aspect because from my understanding the mcu is now going to be split up between the cosmic and the earth-based Huh. And they're going to have two separate villains. So I'm kind of hoping that they bring in Galactus for the Cosmic with Silver Surfer. And then from my understanding, I don't know if they're going to keep it in Spider-Man. Because these are, again, uh, rumors of characters they're casting for. They're supposedly going to have the Sinister Six being led by Norman Osborn. Who apparently they're looking at a couple different actors for already. One of them being... Um, Denzel Washington's son. Nice. And then, who was the other one? It, it wasn't Marshala Ali. It was... William um, Defoe? No. Uh, it was um, the guy from Breaking Bad. D... The... Uh, which guy from Breaking Bad? The darker skin guy. He played um, the drug dealer. Oof. Oh, Giancarlo Esposito? There you go. They're looking Thank at you, him right? to play um, Norman Osborn. That'd be cool. And, I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen Far From Home. There's no way Mysterio's dead. And they already have Scorpion in the mix. And they already have Vulture, Vulture in the mix. And I know what I would like to see, and I heard there were, there were rumors that they were going to try to get Tom Holland to mm -hmm. sign a long-term contract, kind of like Tony, where they can flesh out Spider-Man from the immature the immature Spider-Man from like high school and early college to the mature one from like the Spidey PS4 game. Well, that'd be nice. So you get a full range of um, how Spider-Man becomes mature and maybe possibly even the leader of the Avengers. So Eric, you're saying uh, in the near future, we could see a scene where Peter has the option, go outside, help Captain Marvel save the universe or stay and pay his rent. I'd like to. I'd like to see Spider-Man stay, stay on Earth unless he's going to be Cosmic Spider-Man. That's a little early, and that's a little bit much. Yeah, um, I would like to see the possibility of him leading a Young Avengers, because you already have the fact that the Hawkeye TV show is going to be focused on Hawkeye training his daughter. You also have Ant-Man's daughter in the mix oh, yeah. that you could give a role to. Is there any talk of uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan coming involved in the MCU? I haven't heard anything yet, but that could be, cool. be always a pop. I think they want to bring Captain Marvel and more in the forefront first. Okay. And see how she does. Um, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, as far as I kind of hope that maybe they uh, keep – uh, Sinister Six with Spider-Man because I would like to see a Doctor Doom yeah, as yeah. an Earth-based villain and then maybe because in the comics he has a lot of 
uh, connections with Galactus. So, um, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts? Because I can go on. Uh, right. Thanks, Eric. You did a lot of thunder there. I, I did a lot of research on the future. And I know you did a lot. And of, a I, lot of fan theories, a lot of rumors that were bouncing around. I know, Mister. I did a lot of research. I did. That's like my mind, like not mindless stuff, but that's what I like to look into. All right. So just very quickly for me, uh, I think for the future, I would say they might delve into the multiverse, especially if what the thing with doing with Doctor yep. Strange is going to go into because I that's the only way I can see them bringing in you know like X Men, Galactus, um, Alpha maybe Alpha Flights. Um, DC Universe. Oh, God. <laughs> You're not going to let that go, are you? Never. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think if they can go in that direction, we can get some more, especially now since Disney owns everything. Everything, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey has the gauntlet. <laughs> Very much so. Since he has the gauntlet, he might as well open all the comic realms up to the MCU and let them run with it so i think if they can do that bring the multiverse in get some bigger better villains out there get some bigger better uh, superheroes in. And i mean my, cool my thought yeah. is too that the only the only villain that could really outdo thanos is galactus and dr doom yeah because i don't know what anyone else i don't maybe you thanos. can make the argument for annihilus but you'd have to bring in a lot of big hitters mm -hmm. to do it at a prop a proper annihilus annihilation storyline. Yeah, yeah, you really would. So how about you, Ray? What do you think they're going with? Um well I mean looking at the next I guess phase four slate. Um I mean I'm excited for all the uh the T V stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's gonna be good. Um Give me one second when I look up. Uh, what's going to be phase four. Yeah, and, and very side note, too. As far as the Fantastic Four goes, apparently, what was it? The writer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, mm -hmm. or the director, one of the two, he came out in the in a very early version of the MCU, wrote to Marvel Studios about a Fantastic Four script. And, of course, nice. they denied it because oh. of varying legal issues. But... Because they were going to bring them in eventually, there's actually a scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp where they're going through the quantum realm. And you can see, you'd have to pause it and look very closely, but apparently there is a small city on one of the like little, little particle things yeah. flying around. And he, his script was that they would bring in the Fantastic Four through the quantum realm. Huh. And somehow That'd Reed Richards and all of them were experimenting with the quantum realm and then got stuck there. And that's how they also got their powers. So oh, I, okay. I, I'm, and then they would bring them back through the quantum realm. So I'm curious to see if they go with that because um, I don't think they would throw that into Ant-Man and the Wasp without using it. So that was just my little side note. I think that would be a cool way to bring in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Uh, so now that I've got my mobile device working here. Uh, so, I mean, Black Widow movie, pretty excited for that. Um, I think it's going to be a good idea, especially since they showed like a little bit into her history while during uh, Age of Ultron. Mm -hmm. um, going through... School. Yeah, going through everything else here, uh, Eternals, I really have no say on that. 
The only thing I'm excited for is that they casted, uh, what's his name? Rob Stark from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh, He's yes. playing Icarus. And Angelina Jolie has a very big role. She's supposed to be either their first bi character or their first lesbian character, maybe. Huh. And it's going to deal with the Celestials, and they might mention the Deviants, and maybe possibly bring back Thanos, because he is a Deviant, and the Eternals, I guess, is supposed to be... Wasn't Valkyrie supposed to be, um, you know, lesbian, bisexual? I don't know. bisexual in uh, Thor? I don't know. Like, I think that the scene where she's with the Valkyries, and I think... Supposedly, it's like her lover shields her from... Uh, oh, I didn't even pick up from, on that. Um, what's that? Hela, right? That's the yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I heard. There were some rumblings. I don't know if the producers pushed it enough that fans got it, because I don't know, maybe they're afraid of, oh, we do this, we could lose some fans, which, you know, like, guys, come on, it's 2019 right. get-together. <laughs> okay, then maybe she's, like, their first lesbian character. I don't, I don't know. I okay. read something briefly on it. I wasn't really paying attention, okay. but... Um, there were rumors that um, we might we might not have seen the last of Thanos. Huh. I think it would be cool if they brought him back, like after maybe ten movies or something, and maybe he comes back to help with Annihilus because he was a big player in mm-hmm. that Annihilation storyline. Or maybe they recruit him for uh, if Eternity ever comes into play, or. Um, Galactus when he finally gets here, because th- there's without a doubt they're bring they're bringing in Galactus because that's what fans want the most. Yeah, it's the next logical step. But uh, continuing with you, yeah. sir. Well, um, yeah. So I'm also excited for the TV um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Obviously, my number one, which I'm pretty really excited. Aaron for. Zemo too. Coming yeah, back. they're gonna um, include Zemo in there. It's just gonna be kind of like a buddy cop. Kind of, and uh, they're bringing his show. classic costume in too with the, um, the purple mask. I'm really nice. excited to just get some more uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon Anthony Mackie. together again, just because they had really good chemistry. You think so they far. they might um, <clears throat> put in a cameo with Cap? Do you think they might do that? I think maybe. Um, I know. Well, what, I was just reading an article today saying that uh, supposedly Henry Cavill is signing on That'd to be play cool. U.S. agent. Supposedly, that's what the rumor is. So, I would be pretty cool. You just you just lost your figurehead, Ian. No, <laughs> I would be I would be pretty excited to see that. Um, another thing, um, when I was talking to someone on the comic book group, wherein uh, they were talking about how it would be cool if they used Red Brown as like a uh, U.S. agent. That's cool. Or that would like be another cool. agent of Shield. So that would be pretty cool. It'd be a pretty cool throwback. And, I mean, last thing I'm pretty excited for is the What If. Um, yeah. I was a huge fan of the Marvel What If comics. Yeah. So I'm in, Animated the, show, too. Looking at the cast, I mean... I'm pretty sure they're bringing everybody back, pretty right? Pretty much everyone back. So yeah. Well, I think be. that What If is going to be every, Yeah, great. every live-action actor is coming back to play an animated animated show, which is... I don't, I've never heard that happen before. That'd be yeah, nice I think that's going to be pretty good. Is there anything you guys want that hasn't been announced well you already know my answer so i'm not gonna say anymore i want to marvel, marvel, marvel crossover I, yeah <laughs> that that'll happen. never happen it's, it's what the fans want 
I know, but oh. if DC were, I could see them if DC ever becomes as big as Marvel in the movies mm-hmm. that, and Marvel is still relevant when mm-hmm. they are, that maybe they do it. Because then you have two huge titans in the movie industry, and then they have the crossover. Yeah. Uh, I think that would happen. Yeah. But I don't think it'll ever happen because DC's not where they need to be. Yeah, Ian said. But yeah. as far as Marvel-related MCU stuff, what what do you guys want to see that's not announced? Ugh. I know my answer. I mean, I'd like to see X-Men or Fantastic Four. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, might have to go with Ray. If... Yeah, I know. Honestly, if they could bring in, like, you know, more like, you know... He... More heroes like uh, Kamala Khan or, you know. Yeah, it would be cool to have um, an Avengers versus X-Men movie. Yeah, especially like the new Avengers, like, you know, like the, I don't know, not the Teen Avengers, but like the, the, the new comic heroes that have come out in the last couple of years, I think fans really like to see that come occur. Yeah. I bet you were. Yeah, so I think um, what I'm, I would really want to see not only Galactus and Silver Surfer, but Ghost Rider, he's my second mm-hmm. favorite Marvel character uh, behind Spider-Man. They did rumor that there was going to be a Hulu TV show along with Hellstrom. Um, but I don't know if that's definite or not. I would really like to see maybe if they can sneak him into Blade because that would be a really cool dynamic. And they've teamed up in the past in the Midnight Suns. So, yeah, I want to see Ghost Rider... Bring, uh, bring on the um, Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider. I'm fine with it. I would like to see Johnny Blaze, but I don't know if they'll do that. But yeah, I, we'll I'd see. like to see that. I did see that there. Uh, if it's a Hellstrom Ghost Rider show, it's going to be called like Adventures in Fear or something like that. That'd be cool. I just read an article about that on Comic Book. I, I really nice. hope that's coming. So that'd be pretty cool. And almost be like a Justice League Dark kind of kind of deal that they should have done with DC Universe, but they should have. The powers to be decided against it. I mean, it still could happen, but yeah, I'd like to see Ghost Rider. I think Robbie Ray's was good on Agents of Shield from what they were given. Um, the episodes I I know I went back mm-hmm. and and rewatched uh, Agents of Shield when I heard that he was coming on. I kind of just skipped all the seasons mm-hmm. until until they brought Ghost Rider in and. I stopped that for a second. <laughs> I, I liked what they did with Ghost Rider. I think the actor is phenomenal at the role. I, I just don't like – the only thing about his character I don't like is is the car. I prefer to see the motorcycle. Yeah. Um, but he's a badass character. I hope they do dark things with him. I heard the Hulu show, if they if it comes about, it's supposed to be darker. It's supposed to not have any connection to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Huh, I'll be. But it's going to be the same actor. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Maybe it's going to be a prequel to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That'd be cool. Um, I I know nothing of Hellstrom, so I can't even comment on that. But yeah, that's what I would want to see. If if they could do that, that'd be great. If not, I'll be disappointed and have to live with the fact that my <laughs> second favorite character was Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, and then just to wrap things up real quick, got to bring it to our wonderful quote at the end of, yeah. at the end of the day. And that comes from Howard Stark and slash mm-hmm. Tony Stark and from Endgame and goes, no amount of money could buy a second of time. Aww. So it doesn't matter how much money you spend on someone. It's all about the quality of time and not so much about the quantity. 
more about the quality of time with the individual you want to spend your time with. And I know it's wonderfully qual- quality time when I'm podcasting with oh, you guys. So, it is really good. so I hope, I hope you all continue listening. Give us feedback. Uh, we're always looking to learn. We're very new at this. Leave your comments. We're on iTunes now, so give us a like, give us a rating. Even if it's a one star, at least we know if we're good or bad. Yeah. Um, the cool thing with, I don't know if it was the app or if it was iTunes, but we can find out where you guys are listening from. So Yeah, that's cool for too. For example, shout out to my friend Mike, who is <laughs> stationed in Guam. Found out that someone from Guam was listening to us. So yeah, and then there's Mike. then there's some people from the UK even, which I didn't even think we'd reach outside of Connecticut. My so that's friend, awesome. Uh, my friend Rebecca lives in Ireland. Shout out to her. Thank you for listening. So yeah. spread the word. Yeah, just yeah, keep keep letting us know how we're doing. Uh, yeah. we'd have be we'd be more than happy to have people on the show, mm-hmm. give us suggestions of what you want to hear about, and like talk to us on social media. We'll We'll gladly have a discussion with yeah. you guys about different stuff on Facebook or uh, or Instagram or yeah. what have you, or even our website, which I will post again. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll you can. That. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram mostly. Letter E, letter Z, Spidey Eight. You can find me at uh, the letter S, the letter U, L L Y at nineteen eighteen. It's uh, Sully nineteen eighteen. <laughs> At Sully1918. There's no at in between the name and the number, Ian. You sure? I'm positive. We looked at this the last time. What, you, it's been a long day. You, you know not Instagram account? We went over this last time. It's at Sully1918. That's Ian's. Don't be mean to me. Stop yelling at me. Uh, at Capri Flash. That's me on Instagram, on Twitter, at Clark Ray, Clark Ray Kent. And just look us up on Facebook. Yeah, our, we have the Adventure Geek uh, Facebook page. We have our website, which I'll post on the Facebook page. And then our Instagram is the Adventure Geek 727. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks Thank for listening. Thank you very much. Good night, guys. Quick little thing, guys. Forgot to mention that I will be doing the nature section in a different mini episode, so stay tuned for that. I'll be talking about Sleeping Giant in Connecticut, near New, the New Haven area. I'll talk about a couple hikes. Uh, we did run out of time for this episode, so it will come in a separate special episode for just nature. So stay tuned.